Blog Talk Radio. This is Hindsight Radio. I represent it. The information station changing the nation. Fala, Pono. Fala, Um Guys, my name is Nick Vujicic. I was born in Australia in 1982, moved from Australia to California in the year 2006. And uh, my life story, um, I'm just thankful that people has, have, have seen my life on some sort of level, whether it's just YouTube videos or seeing uh, pictures of a limbless guy smile. Um, you know, people always ask me, you know, what happened to you and, and how did you overcome uh, what you've been through. Um, the title of the message that I've been given is uh, Transforming the Walls into Doors. Uh, when I speak corporately, um, the line that I like to use is changing obstacles into opportunities. Now, I'm very well aware to, to share with you as well, I know that there are a billion people going hungry today. I know that this year a million people will commit suicide one every 40 seconds. I know today there are 120 million slaves, and I've met sex slaves, and I've seen the top of the pyramid as far as business and met the billionaires. I've met bankers, and I've also met orphans. We're all looking for something. We're all looking for hope. Hope you can't just have just because you were born with hope. No, we're born with pain. We're born and live through difficulty. And in our life, my parents always taught me that even though we don't know why I was born this way, that we have a choice. Either to be angry for what we don't have or be thankful for what we do have. The power of that choice was the first thing that I had to overcome and decide for myself, especially in the early years of school. A lot of kids would come up to me and tease me. And I've been speaking at five congresses. I've met seven presidents all around the world. My largest crowd was 110,000. I have 30,000 invitations for me to speak. So wherever I go, I talk about the value of life. I talk about anti-bullying messages for the school systems in different nations. The greatest thing is love. When we feel like we don't have enough love and we don't have enough hope, we start losing strength to live. For me, in my life as a child, I had a big wall. I was surrounded by four walls and a low ceiling of opportunity. I was set free in so many different ways, and especially surviving from day to day with my parents who loved me, who encouraged me, who told me that I was beautiful the way that I was, and not to worry about what other people said about me. I was actually the first special needs child to be integrated into the mainstream education system in Australia, and I was awarded Young Citizen of the Year in 1990. And the world is a hurting place, and the world needs hope, and the world needs love. Without hope, we feel like, why are we here? Well, brokenness. Here's mine. Today, I still have no arms, no legs. But everything's changed. Everything. For me, I was looking for hope and happiness, and I couldn't see it for many years. In fact, if this side of the table represents my hope, truth encourages me to become all that I can be. But then we have lies every day 
becoming in our mind people who discourage us. You know the people that you have in your life who, no matter how good of a day you're having, they'll bring you down. Or no matter how bad of a day you're having, they'll bring you even lower. You know what I'm talking about? Think of the three biggest discouragers in your life. They're not your biggest discouragers. You are. You are. It only takes three seconds for me to tell you something discouraging. But then you may never forget my words. I've met so many 50-year-old women and 40-year-old women who still remember what their fathers told them that they wish they never heard. Words are powerful. When you hear those words and then your mind starts growing with these lies, Nick, you're not good enough. Nick, just give up. Nick, you're never going to get a job. You won't get married. You can't even hold your wife's hand. What kind of a father are you going to be if you can't even pick up your kids when they're crying? You're alone. Sure, your parents hug you, but their hugs can't heal you. Just give up. 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 At age eight, I thought that I should commit suicide. Why? Because I didn't have hope. I thought I didn't have hope. Today, you can see that I had hope. What's the word? Believing in something you do not see. Faith. Words can only do so much. Hugs can do much more than words. But when hugs can't do anything, that's where faith kicks in. For me, words and hugs were not enough, but I had no faith. So I tried to give up. At age 10, I tried to drown myself in 6 inches or 15 centimeters of water. In my home, I told my dad I just wanted to relax. But really, I wanted to end my life. I had enough. Dos de mi Okay. The first two times I rolled over, I was trying to work out how much air I holding my lungs before I let it out. And the third time, in my mind, knowing that I wanted to get out of here because of the bullying in my life, because I was going to be a burden to my parents and I had nothing to look forward to, I realized at that moment that if I actually went through with committing suicide, I would leave a greater burden for my parents than they already had. So there was one thing less, sorry, there was one thing um, less hopeful or, or more burdensome than having a child without limbs. What is it? A child without limbs who gives up. So when I saw in my mind my mom and my dad and my brother crying at my grave if I went through with it, that one thought saved me. If my parents never told me that I was beautiful the way that I was, if my parents never told me that I was special and that I was loved, I wouldn't be here today. So I encourage every single parent who tries their best to encourage their teenagers, especially in the West. Many teenagers put a do not disturb sign on their door. I'm sure, you know, the conversations all around the world between a parent and a teenager. How was school? Fine. What did you learn? Nothing. Did you do your homework? No. And that's the conversation for the day. And when you try to tell your children that they're beautiful, so of course I'm beautiful. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Of course you're going to say that. But they're right. Every single human being has value and my value is not determined on how I look or what job I have or where I'm from, where I was born how much money, all that stuff is nothing. 
so many teenagers, you know, tease each other for how we look. And I tell the teenagers, do you think that I'm cool enough to be your friend? They're like, yeah, of course. I said, but I have no arms, no legs. And they said, doesn't matter. I said, really? So it doesn't matter that I have no arms, no legs? I said, no, it doesn't matter. I said, then actually, if it doesn't matter, then why do we kill each other with our words if it actually doesn't matter? Why do we look ourselves in the mirror and see ugly instead of valuable? I want to ask you today, what are you looking for? If I gave you a billion dollars, would you be happy? If you gave me a billion dollars, I'd be very happy. But then if my mum dies tonight, am I happy? No. With all the money in the world, I'd never be happy. Why? Because money is something that cannot heal the soul. So many teenagers are looking for love, which love does heal the soul. Love does complete the soul. But even sex before marriage, I am a I was a virgin before I got married. Yeah, I've, I've got a gorgeous wife. We're pregnant with our first son. And I don't need hands to hold her hand. I, I only want to hold her heart. And, you know, how am I going to hug my kids? So many kids, they come up to me. It's amazing. They put their hands behind their back and hug me with their neck. And I've realized in life, even the worst parts of my life can be turned into good. And they're even more special. So many teenagers, they're looking for love, so they're going to go do this and go do that and have sex before marriage. For me, sex out of marriage is like a $5 Gucci watch. Sex within marriage and having sex with someone who loves you, who's committed to you for the rest of your life, going to be the mother or father of your kids. That's what love is. You can talk, you can sleep with as many people as you like, but never know for sure do they love me. Love is a lifelong commitment. You see, there are choices in life. And we're looking, I want to ask you, what are you looking for? Well, if I can just get drunk, why not, man? I only live once. Well, if that's the way you believe, great. But for me, I'm a greedy man. I don't want to live for 90 years. I want to live for billions of years. And I know that every day my choices will affect this life, other people's life, and my eternal life. You've got to come to the truth of knowing who you are and why you're here. William Barclay, he said, the greatest two days in anyone's life, the day you were born, and the day you knew why. So, you're ugly. No, I'm beautiful the way that I am. And if you can't believe that for yourself, so many girls especially stay with their emotionally abusive boyfriends. Because if I break up with him, then who's going to want me? See, we all, we, we all want love. That's why we do what we do sometimes to get into the crowd I'm going to swear I'm going to be cool that's what this world is I want to look like her I want to look, if I was taller shorter smarter more popular whatever you want it's not enough until you find the truth I'm wonderfully and fearfully made there's a greater purpose for my life I am here for a reason sure I didn't get a miracle yeah I believe in a God who can do miracles and I have a pair of shoes in my closet. Why? I've seen blind people seeing and deaf people hearing. That's fine if you don't believe me. I've got it on camera. But I realize something. If God doesn't change my circumstance, He's going to use my life to be a miracle for someone else. When you don't get a miracle, you can still be a miracle for someone else. I'm going to close off with this beautiful story. I was in Southern California. 
I have two organizations. I have a non-profit organization and I have a for-profit. I probably spoke between years 2007 and 2010, 1,000 times, 600 flights. And I've spoken to 4.5 million people face-to-face. In the last 48 hours here in Serbia, we've reached 5 million through media. So we have the heart of people to love others. We want people to love each other, love yourself, dream big, and never give up. We're all looking for hope, aren't we? What are you looking for? Money, drugs, sex, alcohol, pornography, fame, fortune never satisfies. It's never enough. But I've come to a peace. So check this out. When I'm 24 years old, five, six years ago, I was in California. And I never met anybody else like me. When I was 10 years old, I wish I would have met somebody like me. Never did. Didn't get that miracle. But at 24, in California, I saw a little boy with no arms and no legs. 19 months old. Just like me. I knew he was going to be bullied. I knew he was going to go through depression. I knew he would feel alone. I knew that he would get worried if he's ever going to have a girlfriend and so on and so on. I got the father to bring him up on stage in front of 2,000 people. And everyone was crying. And it was a materialization of when you don't get a miracle, you can be a miracle for someone else. I am not a superhero. I go through ups and downs. So do you. But take one day at a time. And if you haven't found that peace of knowing who you are and why you're here and where you're going when you're not here, for me, I want you to know that's how I've overcome. I don't have any walls. My book's called Life Without Limits. And what will be, will be. I've acted in a short film, 30 awards. I got Best Actor in a short film. I've done my own music video. I've written two books. First book, 30 languages, 800,000 copies. I'm 29, and we know a billion people know who I am. Not to bring up my pride or my name or my status. Trust me, I'm just like you. But I hope you are inspired to know that if I can dream big, then so can you. There are no walls. Find your peace, and you'll make your walls doors. Thank you so much. Hindsight Radio, the place for right knowledge. This is Hindsight Radio. I represent it. The information station changing the nation. Hatred, 
Wake up, everybody! No more 
the color Everybody We need each other Wake up everybody No more sleeping in bed. No more backwards thinking. Time for thinking ahead. With all the teachers start teaching new ways. They're the ones that suffer. Teach every day. Teach the children. Inside Radio, the place for right knowledge. Peace, everybody. Uh, first of all, okay, I just had to check my mic out, make sure it was working. Uh, peace again to everybody. Peace and blessings, health, wealth, prosperity, and all everything good. I hope that it comes to you. I hope you get all that you are asking for. And um, be careful what you ask for, because you will get it. So be careful. Um, Be precise in your request. Be precise in what you want for yourself. You have a clear vision of the things that you want good to happen in your life. Because that's the only way that it manifests, is if you have a clear vision of what you want. Everything is about mindset, the mind, and uh, consciousness, same thing. And I looked up the word mind, and I wanted to know what it was in Latin, because Latin is pretty much the foundation of our language. Um, And the reason why I was looking it up is because Bakshivi did a show on Sunday, she had a special guest on. I'm sorry, I can't remember the exact name of the guest, but I listened in the show. She was very good. And Latin came up about, you know, because it was in classical education, and that was part of the teaching. And as you know, if you don't know, you'll know now, Latin is used in law. All your contracts have Latin words in them. You see those funny little words and curses. Latin. If you look at any type of petition or complaint, they put Latin words in there. For some reason, they don't teach us Latin or even offer Latin as a language in standard education or compulsory education, a.k.a. factory education system. So I looked up the word mind in Latin, and it's called animo, A-N-I-M-O. That's the Latin word for mind. And one of the definitions is make alive, endow with spirit. That's what it means, animal. It's the same thing as animation. 
So animation is really a derivative of the word mind. So what am I saying here? Your mind, your thoughts are animating everything in your reality. Everything you're thinking, everything you, you hold dear or believe in is manifesting. It's becoming reality right before your eyes, just like magic. But for some reason, we don't see it because we are so connected. A lot of us are so connected to negativity, and that's all you're seeing. You're seeing the bad, and, and, and you're like, why is it always such bad things going on? Because your mind is connected to it. That's what your mind is choosing to pay attention to, choosing to hold on to. So many people in this community, this so-called conscious, unconscious community, always send me videos of negative stuff. And they think they're doing a good, something good. And I don't agree with that. When you're constantly looking for all of these people, what they're doing and how bad they're treating children and how bad they're doing this and the Illuminati and these secret societies, blah, 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 and all of the evil, the elite, the deep state, all of these people and their negative things that we claim that they are doing to us or trying to do to us, you are keeping it alive. It's your fault. Why they keep doing it or why it even happens because you are connecting to the consciousness of that negative thought. When you share that video with me, when you share that to all your friends and you're thinking you're so good about sharing that negativity, you think you're doing a noble thing because you're going to share, look what they're doing. Please, hear me. Share some good stuff, some positive message. Just share that. And when you share that, guess what happens? Your day is positive, then my day becomes positive. I get the same video probably 20 times a day from 20 different people trying to show me some negative images. You see, and that's so, and that's the most what I get. I very rarely get something shared to me about wealth, how to increase my money IQ, how to increase my love in my life, how to increase peace in my life. Very rarely, there's only one person who really shares stuff like that with me. For real, well, two people, Bathsheba and Matt. He'll share some stuff with me, my buddy Matt. But to everybody else, y'all sharing negative stuff, negative videos. And I'm saying I understand and I appreciate y'all trying to give me some, probably some talking point. But if you haven't caught on yet for the last year, two years almost, I'm not talking about negative. I had a complete, whole opportunity almost two years ago to just talk every day about negative to stuff about someone or something. I had the opportunity, and I chose not to because prosperity does not remain in that space. Peace does not remain in the space of negativity. If I talk about negativity, if I keep my conscience locked on negativity, I will continue to see that drama play out in front of me every day. And I made a conscious decision, a mindful decision not to do it. Oh, let, let me be clear. 
I'm not perfect in that area. I have still perfecting that area. So sometimes I do talk about negative things. But the powerful and the most profound thing and the, the enlightening thing, I realize it when I do it and I catch myself and I stop. I am smart enough and diligent enough to say that was negative and call it out and shift my consciousness to something positive. You guys got to start calling this stuff out. Calling yourself out. There is no problem in your life outside of you. All problems are inside of you if you're calling it a problem. Everything that you're dealing with is coming from in you. It is nothing else but you. It is you, oh, Lord. It's you. (laughs) It is me, oh, Lord. It is me. It is nothing else. I am the power. I am the divinity. I am the God in my life that is controlling and doing everything that is playing out in front of me. Oh, I didn't know. It's not you. He cheated on me. It's his fault. And I'm saying that. It's you. That shooting you saw came from something you consciously connected to, looking for, going through the phone and following and doing all kinds of stuff and thinking and expecting him to cheat or her to cheat. So you got what you asked for. That's why I started off. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful. And I'm not saying you're asking for it verbally. I'm saying you're asking for it through your consciousness by even connecting to those negative thinking and thoughts. No, that's not true. Something just happened. Nothing just happens to you. You're the God. You're the creator. And the Bible has reminded us over and over again what we need to do. But unfortunately, the church has misinterpreted these things and gave you a false sense of reality when it comes to you and who you are and your connection to uh, the mastermind, which some people call God. Some people call Yahweh. Some people call Jehovah. Some people call Elohim. And so on, or Lord, and Jesus, and whatever. They have all these names for one thing. And it is your mind, your consciousness. You are in control. Here it is. Philippians 2, 5 through through 11. Well, I'll just read a couple of them. I'll start with five. Let this mind be in you. Do you understand? Let this mind, let me switch it up. Let this animal be in you. This spirit, this temperament filled with breath. And these are all definitions of animal. Let this spirit be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who? Being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Wait a minute. Hold up. See, they're not preaching this in the church. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. So meaning, if you let this mind be in you, the spirit of God be in you, as it was in Christ Jesus, then you would be in the form of God. This is... This is exactly what it just said. I'm not making this up. Look it up. 
So it is not robbery to be equal with God. So it's not robbery. It's not blasphemous. It's not false to even say you're equal with God. Oh, I done messed with the Christians' minds now. Y'all don't want that. No, that's black. I can't never be equal to God. But wait a minute. Christ said to his own disciples, and I keep saying it over and over, you will do greater things than I. So greater means better, more. That best. Come on. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So from the outside, he was made in the likeness of men. But from the mindset, he had a God mindset. To be have a Christ mindset is to have the God mindset. Wherefore, what? Okay, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Meaning, when you become flesh and you're in that flesh, you got to die of that flesh. You have to crucify it and not give it what it wants. See, the flesh, the ego, wants to be right. It wants to be better than everybody. It wants recognition. They want all of the vanity. It wants to be seen. It doesn't care about other people's feelings. It just wants what it wants to damn what everybody else is saying or doing. No consideration. So you must die of those ideas. If you want true prosperity, lasting prosperity, to see, lasting prosperity for me is having peace of mind. Because if I have peace of mind, I can peacefully and accurately think through my issues and create wealth and prosperity for myself. That's why I remove drama quickly out of my life. I learn fast. Now, hey, if this person got a lot of drama around them and I connect with them, they're going to bring nothing but that drama to me. And they're going to even make it. You be the problem when they the problem. They're going to look for something in you to make negative so that you can be in line with who they are. And when you call them out, they're going to throw it right back at you. See, you, when you tell people, hey, yo, look at yourself. It's you. They don't want responsibility. They'll say something like, oh, what about the other person? Nobody wants to hold them accountable. No, I'm not talking to the other person. I'm talking to you. You come to me with the issue. I can't talk about the other person because they don't, they're not here to defend or even tell their side of the story. So they're not non-issue to me. It's you. If you're dealing with that problem, it's you. If I'm dealing with a problem, it's me. It's not the other person. It's always me. It's never anyone else. I'm the power. I'm the divinity. I'm the force. I'm the one making everything happen. For me. I am the God in my life. I am the one who says, God is a jealous God putting all the God before me. That's what you're not talking about some benevolent being in the sky. It's talking about you. It's talking about the benevolent being looking in the mirror, looking at yourself in the mirror. That benevolent being. That benevolent divine 
spirit. That benevolent animation or animal or mind. It's you. If you want success, you can have it. I played Nick Boychick again. I is an extended clip. This man has no legs, no arms. Shouts out to that. She begins because she mentioned him on her show. Y'all really need to go listen to that show. I'm going to say it again. Listen to the show. It's very educational about education. If you guys are thinking about schooling your children, y'all really need to participate in that. Um, but this man has no legs, no arms. See, I can listen to Les Brown, Reverend Ike. I love Reverend Ike. I wish I could see him live, but I just go oh, right now. I see him live in my mind. Oh, uh, Neville Goddard, all of these great people that speak the truth about consciousness, right, or speak the truth about animal, or speak the truth about mind. But this guy here makes it real, realer than ever because he has no legs, no arms, and he's out there motivating over a billion people. Someone who can easily use this condition as an excuse to just lay down and die or just be in a wheelchair and uh, get a social SSI check. He can just easily do that. But he doesn't do that. And in his ailment or his handicap or what we, us with arms and legs, perceive as a handicap, he made it a strength. His handicap is his success. No arms, no legs. It's his success. Life Without Limbs is one of the titles of his video or his book. And you mean to tell me you're trying to open up a business and you're telling me, oh, my shit is hard. Your business is different. It's this and that. It's hard. No, it's not. It's hard because you said it was hard because you looked yourself in the mirror or you laid in that bed looking at the ceiling and said, this is difficult. And the minute you said it was difficult, everything came rushing at you that was difficult. You called it to yourself. You called in your God power when you said it was difficult. Now, all you got to do is change and say it's not difficult. This is easy. This is just a process. My business was going to see a million dollars in revenue this year. And play make believe like the children do. You probably said, if you can be like these children, you can then enter into the kingdom of heaven. Into the into the mindset of heaven. Just be like the children. Make believe. It's okay to make believe. I know as you grow up, the joke, Mama said, no, you, you got to grow up. You can't make believe no more. You got to be an adult. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's a lie too. When I, our parents telling us, and some of us, I have told my children that, and I lied to them. It's okay to make believe because make believe is what's going to make it happen. That it's going to make it animate. 
I know it feels kind of uncomfortable to make believe you feel old people watching you and, and, and I'm being this little kid again. Listen, I'm becoming a kid more and more every day. And I'm enjoying it. Life is easy. Life is good. By turning back the clock of my mind to when I was a kid. Yes, I still have to do what people call adult things, pay bills and keep things going. But I'm taking my kid power, my God kid power, and using it in my adult life to manifest what I want. Now, when I think about making money, hey, I'm going to make this much today, it happens. Literally, it does. And when I don't use my God, a.k.a. kid power, or child power, I don't do it. I don't manifest. I manifest other things that I've been concentrating on. I'm telling you right now, stop trying to be too much of an adult. <laughs> All that crap, that, that crap we've been taught, oh, you got to be an adult. You got to grow up and do this and do that. All that did was cause you problems, didn't it? Trying to be an adult. And the Bible told you to be like the children. Being adults, getting a job, paying bills, and blah, blah, blah. No, being adults is a.k.a. being a slave to someone else's desires. Getting a job is someone else's desires. You're making them rich. Their mind or their animal prosperous. They're using you. They're making you a slave. Yeah, I got a high-paying job. I'm making 200 You're just a high-priced slave. That's all. You just make more money. You can live in a bigger house than the average person. That's all. But you still, if you don't perform on that job, your boss going to fire you. Listen, I know you guys, a lot of people want to hear me talk about law and some remedies, some discharge, how to get a house for free and all this other stuff and UCCs and stuff. I know all of that stuff. But the most important thing I can teach you is how to use your mind, how to use your thoughts to get what you want. And some of you are having a hard time believing me that it's that easy. I'm telling you, it's that easy. It's just you saying that it's that easy. The reason why it's easy for me is because I say it's that easy. I speak it. I walk in it. I believe it. I use my child, my God child mind to make it happen. I was just sitting. Me and Bathsheba were sitting on a dock today, just looking at the water, just chilling in the middle of the day where everybody else is going to work. You know how exhilarating and free that is? Just sitting there just talking about life and the things we were talking about um, getting uh, what is that? a kayak. This is a lake there. So getting a kayak. I mean, come on. Most people are sitting there talking about I got to pay my life bill and I don't have enough money. I got to pay my rent and I don't have enough money. Listen, I'm not saying all this to brag. I'm saying it's that I'm no different than you. 
I just chose to think different. I just chose to believe in myself. I chose to believe in my wealth, my prosperity, and my peace. And in that, I chose to believe in other people that they can have the same. If they can do what? Let me repeat it. If they can just do this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, robbery to be equal to God. So if you have the Christ or the God consciousness, you're being equal to God. I know I am stepping on some religious-minded people's toes. I'm stepping on your religious ideology. And all I can say to your religious ideology, no disrespect, is, and no disrespect is this. Hang on. Let me see. No disrespect is you've done that. You've had that mindset for most of your life, and where has it gotten you? And if it hasn't gotten you where you want to be, then maybe you need to. Is what that say? Renew the mind? Maybe you need to do that. You know? Maybe. I don't know. But if I know in order for, for me to make a change, um, I had to change my mind. Simple. Someone said I called out a so-called friend of mine about sending me positive motivation posts instead of negativity, and I haven't heard from him since. You know, Jason, that's true. That's why when I started going on a positive trip, I used to have probably 50, 60 callers. My numbers dropped drastically when I went to the positive mode. It did. But at the same time, my YouTube followers went up. So, you know, my live callers went down and my YouTube followers went up. And then some people might be like, oh, yeah, 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 no way. And he ain't popular. See, the vanity of that is people think like that. But it doesn't, that don't bother me. Because guess what? I did a simple simple audit on my finances when I went positive. Do you know that my revenue increased by five times? Than the previous year So There is lasting Prosperity in teaching A prosperous message That's why you motivational speakers Get paid a lot of money And speaking of that Speaking of that I have to make an announcement I was sitting down um, Doing the You know getting ready for the show Mentally preparing my show And listening to this, listening to that, getting my mind framed together. And the spirit hit me and said, Akeem, no, do not teach no more live on the air. Everything, the meat, the remedies must go private now. Only thing you should be teaching is Positive messages from here on out. 
So I might, I know that's going to cause some people, oh, I can't get my answers on the air live anymore. Yes, I'll still take calls and answer some questions. But my shows from here on out is just going to be about teaching you how to use your consciousness. Now, I am good in consciousness, meaning at the level I am, I'm good, but I need more and I need to advance more in the consciousness, so I'm always seeking knowledge there and and reinventing, rethinking, reshifting my thoughts because when I think I got it, I don't got it. So I got to keep working on that. So the only way I can keep that going and keep elevating is to keep speaking this to keep speaking this to you because I'm only telling myself what I need to do. All of this, what you think is preaching, is me talking to myself. You just happen to be listening to a conversation that I'm having with myself, with my God consciousness. That's all I'm doing. I'm not trying to change anybody but me. Because I can't change anybody. Now, if in the process of you eavesdropping or listening to my conversation with myself, you get something out of this, I'm thankful. That's all I ask. Because this journey is a journey for higher elevation of consciousness to see things differently, to see things in the highest form possible, to see people in the way it was intended for me to see it, in their highest form, in their spiritual divinity, in their willpower. Because at this moment, at this time, most people are in their lower forms of thinking. And it's that simple. It doesn't make them bad bad or good. It's just that's where their mindset is. And if I'm coming from my highest form of consciousness and I'm delivering this message and you're connected to it, guess what that means? You're in your higher form of consciousness because only a higher form of consciousness can connect with the higher form of consciousness. You will never perceive or even conceive or conceptualize anything that is not in harmony with where your mindset is. So if you're connecting with me right now, you are in the same mindset. That also brings me to another definition. I looked up consciousness also, and I wanted the Latin word for consciousness. Latin, let me pull it up. And it was a very interesting definition here. It says, the English word for conscious originally derived from the Latin conscious. So, so consciousness originally derived from the Latin conscious, con, in quotations together, and co, to know. But the Latin word did not have the same meaning as our word. It meant, it meant knowing with, in other words, having joint or common knowledge with another. So consciousness is a collective thing. 
So if you are here listening and if you are in agreement or in line with what I'm saying, we are having common knowledge. We have joint common knowledge with another. See, this is why they, they switched up the English language. It took the original meaning so you would not know what you are really doing. So if I'm in consciousness, pure consciousness, I am in joint common knowledge with another. I am in joint common knowledge with the collective mind, the mastermind. We are not doing this alone. The reason why we have COVID-19 and all this other negative stuff, because people believe in it collectively. They are in joint common knowledge of that. COVID-19. As soon as the mindsets of people shift and see mainstream media, the powers that know, know how to shift your consciousness. All they got to do is post a news story to shift your consciousness, and there you are. So all of you people who believe who, that you're doing good by sharing all this negative stuff, all you're doing is participating in the problem. You are in joint common knowledge with another on that level, making it and making it manifest itself. The more you look at what they do bad, the more you'll see that, the more you'll get bad in your life. Now, try me out. Stop sharing that stuff and deal in nothing but positive messages for the next seven days. Fast from anything negative. Don't even talk about it. Don't talk about past problems you have with your mates, your friends, or anything else. And see how your life changes in seven days. Just try me. Test me on this. Just try me. I, 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 I guarantee you your life will have drastic, profound changes in just seven days if you just Say nothing but positive. And, and even if it seems silly, walk up to your wife, walk up to your husband and say, I love you. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. Regardless of what they might have done that you perceive as wrong, just say that to them. To a friend, hey, you're a good friend. I'm glad to have you as a friend. Just say it. Just do it. Some stranger, somebody at the store who's helping you. Hey, I really appreciate your help today. And to all you sisters, if you want a good man in your life, you got to speak to him like he's a good man. You got to speak to it. If you already have one, you got to tell him you are a good man. Even if he is doing something we don't like, say it. Put yourself in that consciousness and watch those words transform his or her consciousness. How they look at you, how they deal with you, it will have, listen, hate has an effect. Animosity has an effect. But nothing more powerful Nothing is more powerful than a loving message to someone. That right there leaves a positive scar on the heart and the mind. A lot of y'all have negative scars. 
negative marks on you, and you keep scratching it and reopening the wound and keep talking about it. Reverse it. Change it to a loving language. I'm not saying go out there. You know people are trifling. Sometimes they are, but speak to the divinity in them. Even if you don't want to talk to them, say it in your mind. But I'm speaking specifically, those of you who have people you love and care about in your home, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, go out of your way and give them a call. But the tomorrow is not guaranteed. And I can tell you firsthand that they can be too late when you can verbally say something to someone. Because people can leave or pass on suddenly. And that's another hurt or conscious issue you would have to deal with and fight with. So, last, finally, one of the reasons why I had to, I made that decision that I'm going to just teach this thing because I told this story before. And I'll tell it again. But I'll tell it after I go to a small break. Because my daughter's back home with her mother, so now I have the, uh, you know, take my break, my usual break that I do uh, when she calls me. So um, I'm thankful for the time I had from March until August for her to be with me, you know, during this whole crisis or so-called crisis they were calling it. But while I'm, when she's about to call in, I'll leave y'all with a positive message, and I'll be right back. I'm going to tell you something. Listen to this. It makes no difference what you do, where you go, or who you are. God never stops calling you his son. Oh, yes, and the father said, now, he was lost. He forgot it. He forgot who he was. He had spiritual amnesia. Oh, Lord. And every once in a while, I tell you in various words, man's only problem, and man only has one problem. I don't care how many problems you think you've got. Those are not your problems. The problem is not the problem. I don't care how many problems you have or what kind of problem you think you have. That's not the problem. Man only has one problem. He forgot who he is and is identifying himself after the flesh and not after the spirit. The spirit has no problem. The flesh has all the problems. The spirit doesn't have any cancer, only the flesh. <laughs> the spirit doesn't lack anything. Only the flesh lacks. Listen, let me give you something right now that's going to help you to cure every problem every time one comes up from now on. Know this. Whenever you have a problem, it just means that you have temporarily forgotten who you are. You are temporarily misidentifying yourself. The son of God has no problem. The son of a gun has the problem. 
And God's sons have problems only because they've forgotten that they're God's son. See, God's son is not condemned. The son of a gun is condemned. The prodigal son, while he was living in son of a gun consciousness, he felt condemned. Just as low as he could be, dirty, nasty as he could be. But something in him said, I will arise. It lets you know that, listen, no matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been, there is something in you that can rise above it. So, there are two things you'd better learn to do. Stop condemning yourself and stop letting organized religion or anybody else beat you down and making you feel unworthy. Now, I'm going to ask for some more confessions. How many of you have ever had organized religion and preachers make you feel guilty? How many of you have ever been beat on by religion? Everybody who's ever been beat on by religion, let's see your hand. Uh huh. I can see them sometimes. Folks come in here with their heads bloody. They've been Bible whipped. And they keep going back every Sunday. You devil, you what? You're going to hell, bam! God's going to get you. And they keep going back for more. Some people are spiritual masochists. <laughs> All right. Guilt, conscious, unconscious, and subconscious, is the root cause of all man's self-hate and self-destructive punishment seeking. Now, that's another thing. It may surprise some people to know that unconsciously and subconsciously, every person who feels guilty is seeking punishment. Seek and you.
Uh, peace, I'm back. Thanks for staying on to hear this story. You know, I you know I know I mean you know people want to hear all kind of stuff. But, but before I tell the story, I just wanna I, I told you me and Bathsheba were sitting on the dock and we were talking about how good it was not to have to work basically. But it was really her that initiated that conversation. We were sitting there and she said, we're sitting there on a dock and we don't have a job. <laughs> and I could see the overwhelming joy in her face. And I, it, it, sometimes I have this way about me that you can't tell my emotions or what I'm thinking. But in my mind, I was clapping and jumping up and down because when she said it, and I could see almost into her soul and face what she was feeling when she said that. Because it was something I was trying to share with so many people before, and she is like she got it. Like, this is what it takes to be peaceful, to be joyful. Just a shift in consciousness. Just a shift in thought. And I can sit here. No worries. Bills are paid. More than enough. Abundance all around us. And all we had to do was shift our consciousness. That's it. Sounds so simple. But people make it so hard. And I say it exactly that way. It is simple. But we make it hard. Because we say it's hard. Because we look at the bad and we know these people are this and that. that. Just, the light bill is too high. This is that. Blah, blah, blah. We call all these things into our consciousness that cause us the pain that we live through. And I was just sitting there. When I saw it, I, I absorbed what you said. And it was something I've said to myself over and over again. But just to hear someone else just repeat that and see that power, which brings me to a book called Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. You should get this one. Now, I've never read this book, but I have a good friend who's read it. And my son walked up to me, my oldest son, you know, the guys don't know him, Cameron, walked up to me and said, do you have any books I can read and get, you know, on different things? He said, this is what I'm reading. And I looked at the book. It was David Hawkins' Power Versus Force. And I said, yo, that right there is, <laughs> is high consciousness reading, bro. You, you, you ready? I was happy to even see it. It's like, listen, when you stay in this mode of living out this consciousness, living out peace in your life, people transform. Your people around you will transform in front of you, I didn't force that on my son. I didn't preach that to him every week. It was he watched me change. He watched me do things. And now he's trying to emulate me. I didn't tell him to go get that book. I never read a book. But it was a good friend of mine who read the book. And I, the first thing when he brought me the book, I called up my friend Jimmy. I said, Jimmy, guess what my son's reading? Power First and Force by David Hawkins. You, and then we talked about how your energy draws people, all of the good out of people, and draw it around you. All you have to do is be the power. And just to give you a quick synopsis, a quick glimpse of what the book is about, is using power versus force. See, when you try to tell people 
about consciousness. You need to be this and, and point out all of their force. That's force. But when you're operating in power and you are the Christ mind, you are acting your child godlike mind, you are using power. When you're using your divine given power that was given to you, you're using power. And that is more powerful than force. Now, to the story. I said this story a while ago, probably a couple years, three years ago, probably. One of the main reasons why I will not teach on the air anymore these teachings and take it totally private. And the only thing I'm going to teach you is how to use power versus force, how to use your consciousness. This is what the main concept of the show is going to be about. Is one day, one night, many years ago, probably 15 or more years ago now. I think it was more, about 20. I was awakened by a dream. And I was, you know, soaking wet. And dream was like this. I was standing on the subway, got on, and there was a man standing. He was holding him by a pole. You know, if you saw New York subway, there's poles you can stand and hold. So, you know, if there's no seats available, people will stand, and that's how they hold on while they're on their ride. He was reading the Bible, but he was confused. He couldn't understand it or understand it. So, I just started to interpret the Bible for him. And as I was interpreting the Bible, we were going to different stops. One stop was Russia. Why do I say it's Russia? Because when the door opened, the people looked Russian and had Russian language on the walls and stuff like that. The next stop was China. It had Chinese cultured wall settings. And then... The next stop, which the door opened on the opposite side, was a mountain, but it was a sea of people, you know, many different times. And as I was talking to him on these different stops, I skipped something. More and more people were sitting on. And as I was teaching him, people was watching and listening. And the train got crowded, and this last stop, what I interpreted as Africa, was a sea of people out there listening to me talk to this one man about the scriptures and interpreting it for me. And there were so many people, and behind them, it was like a sea of people that was descending towards the sky, and there was the sun right in their background, bright. And it was so bright, it woke me up, and I was in a cold sweat. Now, for years, I tried to interpret this dream. What does this mean? I assumed it was. I had an idea what it was. But it recently, within the last couple of months, came to me, the dream is you have to deliver the message. What is the message? You must become the child God-like Christ mind. You must become that. You must become God-like in order to be saved. What I mean by saved? Be saved from yourself from the afflictions of your mind, from the devilish and tormenting yourself with these negative thoughts and bringing all this negative imagery, negative people, 
negative things into your life. That's the message. So that's what my messages will be from here on out on Tuesday. I know some of you might be, oh, man, I wish you would do this. But that's okay. If you want to listen, you listen. I'm just telling you what the show is going to be. It's not going to change. That's what it's going to be about. Nothing but spiritual things. Spiritual, conscious-minded things. And with that being said, I appreciate you guys for listening tonight. And I'm going to hold true to what the voice had told me. So, I'm not taking questions tonight. I just delivered a powerful message about consciousness. I would ask you and suggest that you go back and listen to this over and over again until you make a connection with it, until you do a change and remember the commission or the mission I gave you. Seven days, nothing but positivity. Fast from all negativity, whether it's in television, music, videos on YouTube, people, fast from it. Seven days. And I promise your life will transform. Okay? Seven days. Give me a second. Oh. I'm to find something. Reverend Knight clip that I'm going to play. Um, once again, my private membership is still available. I'm going to send, I'm starting a second class for people where we're going to be right now do it once a month. I'm moving it twice a month since I'm not going to be teaching hard stuff on the air anymore. Um, the second phase of that membership. So if you're interested, send me an email and I'll tell you how to join. Oh, and we can, and you could, the people that's involved in it now, it's about 30-something people, 33, 34 people are involved. So I'm going to start a second class, and we'll meet once a month to go over things, and I'll be pushing you guys into setting up your trust, doing your trust tax returns properly so that you can become prosperous through your trust. So, with that being said, you guys have peace. Remember what I said, think nothing but positive, wealthy, healthy thoughts. I'm going to talk to you today from the subject, a technique that does the trick. And remind you also that I don't let my subject interfere with what I have to say. A bit of definition for a moment. Let's define the word technique. Technique, a method of accomplishing a desired aim. A method of accomplishing a practical purpose. Technique, a method of accomplishing a practical purpose. So today I'm going to talk about a method and methods of achieving and maintaining Health, happiness, love, success, prosperity, and money. And, of course, we're always talking about this because the science of living, as we call it, is a technology of living. 
And we're constantly giving you practical ways and means of accomplishing your good aims. I want to share with you this subject from a success idea by the same name, a technique that does the trick. And I want to talk about the success idea for just a moment. Everything in your life comes from the ideas in your mind. And you're never going to get any further in life than the ideas in your mind. And each month I publish what I call a spoonful of positive ideas for you to feed to your mind, to nourish it, so that it will be strong in achieving the purpose that you desire. A success idea can take anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes to read. But when you take this extra time each day to read and to study and to contemplate upon a powerful idea, it will make a difference in your life. Because again, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In this success idea, a technique that does the trick, I refer to a very interesting technique used by a very rich and successful man, the way he begins his day. I didn't name him in the success idea, but I'll tell you who he is now. It's W. Clement Stone. And he uses the term PMA, positive mental attitude. And it is said that he begins his day every day by saying, I feel good, I feel great, I feel terrific. And I'm sure that if some purely intellectual people were to hear a grown man, a business executive, a multimillionaire going around shouting, I feel great, I feel good, I feel terrific, they'd probably say, well, you know, maybe we'd better commit him. He's old and senile. But more than that, for years, Mr. Stone, in his organizational meetings and salesmen's meetings, he would teach his sales staff and his organizational people to sing that old Sunday school song, I feel the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. And all of this which I'm explaining is the technique by which one pumps up his feelings. And may I say to you that you should make it a practice every day and especially in the mornings to pump up your feelings. Whatever you can do to lift up your feeling nature will lift up your entire experience of life. I want to repeat it again. Whatever you can do to lift up your feeling nature will lift up your entire experience of life. If listening to a particular piece of music makes you feel better, that too is a spiritual mental technique. So many times, you know, people divide between the so-called spiritual and the secular without really understanding the mind science behind things. And may I say to you, whatever is good and right, and it does not hurt you and it does not harm anyone else, but it helps you to lift up your feeling nature, that is a good spiritual technique. Wherever people get together and rejoice, that's good. That's a good spiritual mental technique for lifting up your feelings. And of course, this is really the meaning in the Bible where Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. You see, the serpent crawls on its belly, and the belly represents the feeling nature. And you should not go through life crawling on your belly. In other words, with your feelings low. Feeling low. And you remember, for the healing of the people, Moses was instructed to make a brazen serpent and hold it up. And everyone who would look up 
would be healed and would live. Again, as I said, it really means that we're not to go through life crawling in our feeling nature, but we are rather to lift up our feeling nature, to lift up our hearts, to lift up our minds, to lift up our emotions. And we are to do those things which do not harm us and which do not harm anybody else, which help to lift up our feeling nature. You've got to learn how to be high on happiness. Their wonderful television minister in this area preached a sermon, I believe, once on television. That was the title of it, How to Be High on Happiness Every Day. So every day you should ride a mighty high. You should lift up the serpent. Lift up your feelings. Again, that beautiful psalm bespeaks this when it says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. And whatever makes you feel low, like a serpent crawling on its belly, you should leave it alone and lift up your feelings. You should not even go back into your past and think upon those bad experiences in the past that make you feel low. Stop thinking about that dirty deal that that SOB did you last year. It makes you feel low. Be careful how you read that newspaper. For God's sake, don't listen to that news before you go to sleep. That 11 o'clock news will give you a lethal dose of bad vibration. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should live. Again, to define the technique that I'm talking about, it's a technique of lifting up your feelings. You know, I told you that life meets you like you meet life. You see, and you should meet life with a feeling of joy, a feeling of happiness, a feeling of the expectation of good. You know, some of you are like Brother Job. Sometimes in preaching on Job, the fundamentalist minister would use the subject, why do the righteous suffer? In other words, that's what they're trying to find. Why do good people suffer? And as I've told you, and it bears repeating here, you can be morally straight, but mentally crooked, and you'll suffer. You can be morally and ethically straight and correct. But if you do not know how to positively relate to your emotions, the processes of your mind, you will suffer. And this is what happened to Job. I wonder what happened to him too. <laughs> and then I listened to him. As I told you, when people talk to me now about whatever the problem is, this is why I don't talk to, I don't have long sessions talking to people about their problems anymore. In the first place, within the first few seconds, I can tell what, why they're having those problems. And one of the reasons they're having those problems is because they think about them and talk about them. And when you think about your problem all the time and talk about it all the time, this feeds it. It gets bigger and eats you up. I listen to Job. And I heard him say, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. So that's what got Job, the thing. So he didn't even know what the hell it was. <laughs> Just like some of you, you don't know why the hell you feel so bad. But you're going around crawling on your belly, 
feelings dragging in the dirt. Go to the psychiatrist for 10 years and pay him umpteen thousand dollars, and he still doesn't know. And these psychiatrists, they have to find some techniques also, you know, to throw up that stuff you put on them. I can tell you a little about this. It's been, it's been my pleasure to share with the psychiatrists at Harvard Medical School, Department of Psychiatry in Boston. One of my friends, a psychiatrist, told me that at their last convention, the psychiatrists drank more liquor than any convention in the history of that hotel. I won't tell you what city and what hotel. Now, that technique is not a technique that works. That's not the one that I'm talking about. That's not the technique that I'm recommending to you today. You should not have to depend upon alcohol and drugs to get your mighty high. Because when you do depend upon these things to get your mighty high, you haven't found the real thing yet. Because when you really find the real thing, the presence, the power of God within you, that is the highest high. Job said, the thing I greatly fear has come upon me. Why are some people so fearful? Why are their feelings dragging the ground? Some of them don't know. It's just a thing. Why do you feel so bad? I don't know. Your expensive psychiatrist, he doesn't know. You just feel bad. You have to learn how to lift up your feelings, to lift up your emotions. You should learn to practice every day pumping up your feelings. Ask yourself this question, and it's important. What do I feel that I should be like at certain ages. I want you to write that down. I want you to really study that. What do I feel that I should be like at certain ages? You've got to watch these feelings again. And where did you get these ideas and feelings? Where did I get these ideas and feelings about what I should be like at various ages? And again, I want to warn you that just certain things you shouldn't always be saying and telling people. You keep telling people, I am 35. And you keep on going, I am 60. I am 65. And then people project all these things onto you. Just like when people say to me, what sign are you? For God's sake, don't ever tell that. You see, that's why I told you, you know, people say, well, Reverend Ike, don't tell me I thought up all these negative things on myself. I didn't think this. I didn't think up this rheumatism. No, the world mind already have these cut and dry negative thoughts ready for you. You see, if you're a Libra, you know, you've got it all cut out for you. <laughs> you don't have to think that up. If you under so-called under the sign, if you mentally put yourself under the sign of Libra, it's all fixed for you. And people say to me, Reverend Ike, what's your sign? I say, the dollar sign. <laughs> in the world mind, in the body of world thought, there are already certain definitions ready-made for you before you got here. And this is the meaning of the scripture, born in sin and shaped in iniquity means that you were born into a world of negative ideas and you permitted these negative ideas to shape your destiny. But do not permit your feelings about yourself to be determined by world thought. Lift up the serpent. Lift up your feeling nature. Don't go through life 
crawling upon your belly. And I may say that many more times in the next few minutes before this is over because it's very important. A lot of people may poke fun at this technique of pumping up one's feelings by saying, I feel good. The real intellectual people ask it all the time. Well, Reverend, how can I say I don't feel good if I don't feel good? Yes, that is really the time you ought to say I feel good. I feel great. I feel terrific. Before I thought of this as a technique, I remember one morning in South Carolina, I just woke up and for some reason, you know, just a blue mood. Phonograph was right beside the bed and I had a good shouting gospel record there. And I slapped it on the turntable and turned it up and just made one leap out of bed and started dancing. <laughs> and that was a technique that did the trick. You can turn on the radio early in the morning, hear all of these wonderful speakers giving you a charge to begin your day. God bless all of those wonderful ministers and programs. You know, whatever turns you on, find something that turns you on that doesn't hurt you and doesn't hurt anybody else. And let that be your technique for pumping up your feelings. Find somebody that turns you on. I think that each person in any kind of relationship should be benefited, should be blessed. I think that there should be a great giving and receiving in every relationship. And don't hang around too long with these people who are always pulling your charge and not giving you a charge back. All right. Some of these things may sound strange, and the purely intellectual may poke fun at some of these homespun techniques. But this practice of pumping up feelings has made many men successful and rich and prosperous, and will do the same for you. I use the terminology here, the trick, and here is the trick. Whatever you feel about yourself deep within your heart, your subconscious mind, you can and will be do and have. Feeling is the trick, but be sure that you never use your mind power to think, wish, or feel evil toward yourself or another. Because your ill feelings toward another will get you first. You have to be careful how you relate to your feelings. Another thing, and let me ask you this. Do you rule your feelings or do your feelings rule you? Don't answer out loudly. Write it in the first person. Do I rule my feelings or do my feelings rule me? That's a good point where I can make a pitch for Reverend Ike's Sermon, tell your feelings how to feel. Tell your mind what to think. Tell your feelings how to feel. Tell your body how to react. Do I rule my feelings or do my feelings rule me? Do you just sit down and accept whatever feeling that comes along to you? If you are, you're in trouble. Decide how you want to feel. Decide what you want to feel. And manipulate your feelings in that way. Spend time with people who are of a happy disposition. If there's some sad sacks in your life, try to cheer them up. If they won't let you cheer them up, leave them alone. The old saying is, misery loves company. And you know those people who are always feeling bad, they'll even feel worse if you won't feel bad with them. You don't love me because you won't feel bad with me. 
It has been correctly said, if you feel right about yourself, you can do anything. Let me give you this early morning question. How do I feel about myself today? More than that, let's make it an instant question. How do I feel about myself right now? Let's say that loudly. How do I feel about myself right now? Underline feel. How do I feel about myself? Don't answer out loudly. This is to be handled in the counsels of your own mind. And as a matter of fact, I think you should ask yourself that question several times a day. How do I feel about myself right now? Because the results that you will achieve are in your present attitude, in your present feeling, in your present disposition. The results that you will achieve in life are just as certain as your feeling about yourself. That's why we call this science. Because it is a knowing. As I said last week, we are not dealing here with blind faith or dumb luck. This is science. This is why it has been called by various names such as science of mind, a mind science, a science of living, a science of self-awareness. Because if you know how you feel about yourself, you also know the results that you're going to achieve. If you want to know your fate, if you want to know your future, your fate, your future are just as certain as your feeling about yourself. Your basic gut feeling about yourself. And let's get low with this. And right for cross-examining yourself. What is my gut feeling about myself? Ask yourself the question, what is my gut feeling about myself? You know, on the intellectual level there, on the top of your head, many little feelings may come and go. Maybe they're questions. Maybe they're doubts. Maybe you don't particularly know the specifics of how, when, or where something is going to work out. Well, that's not all that important. But the most important thing is the question, what is my gut feeling about myself? As businessmen sometimes say, what is my gut level feeling about myself? And I like to be verbose about this and repetitious. And so we're going to say it again, adding that word. What is my gut level feeling about myself? Come on. What is my gut level feeling about myself? You know, maybe something didn't happen quite like I thought it should have happened objectively. But be that as it may, that really isn't so important. For the most important thing in my life is my gut level feeling about myself. You know, way down deep, below the intellect, below the reasoning mind, below the belt, to use boxing terms. And that's something really to think about. And if I can find some techniques for establishing positive gut-level feelings about myself, my positive gut-level feeling about myself will really take care of all of the details. You see, because on the level of the subconscious mind, the subconscious mind here again works by feeling. Like all of these affirmations that we say, you know, affirmation is one of the techniques that we use here in mind science. 
But when that affirmation gets to the subconscious, it is translated as healing to the subconscious. And so all that we're doing here, all of the techniques that we're using here, are geared toward one thing, and that is toward manipulating our gut-level feeling about ourselves. I'm sensing here a wonderful silence because I think that you are asking yourselves this question, and you know it's a wonderful work that you're going to have to do even when you get alone. In here, down here, what do I feel? If on this gut level I feel I'm all right, I'm going to make it, I'll make it on this gut level of feeling. If I feel that I'm being led in ways of success and prosperity, I'll be led in ways of success and prosperity. There may be some uncertainty many times on the intellectual level, but keep that gut level feeling positive. This is, again, what the scripture, that great book of mind science means when it says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Too many times we just stay in the intellect all the time. Like, <laughs> I taught the church in New York once to say, God is the answer. A school teacher, very intellectual man in the congregation, wrote me a beautiful note. He said, Reverend Ike, I know that God is the answer, but when? That's the intellect. But if down here on the gut level of my feelings, I accept the idea and I accept the confidence that God in me is my answer right now. And I feel that with all my heart. Uh, perhaps I use sometimes some of the other words. God in me is my everything and I don't have to worry about anything. If I feel that on the gut level, the details of the when, where, and how will take care of themselves. Because, you see, this is another thing. In the subconscious, it's always now. In the subconscious, there is no past, present, or future. If you really feel something, on the subconscious level of mind, it already is. This is why the master teacher of mind science, Jesus, taught us. When you pray for something, believe that you already have it and you'll have it. If you want something, establish a gut-level feeling that you already have it. You see, that's deeper than the intellect. And don't let the intellect trip you up. You see, the intellect is right in its place. And perhaps, again, we will publish those charts that we used in the last session to show you the work which the different departments of mind do. You see, the intellect is the choosing level of mind. It's not evil. But its office is to choose, to select. You see, intellectually with the reasoning mind, I decide I want to be rich. I decide I want to have more money. I decide I want to be healthy, happy, successful, and prosperous. All right, I've chosen that. And I must not stay on the level of the intellect with that. I must establish a...